Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Monday, June 15th. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. The Warner Brothers Gaming Group might get sold to a different publisher, which isn't necessarily bad news. EA has announced a new Star Wars flight game. The Xbox Series X's dashboard is going to be very familiar, and The Last of Us Part Two is reviewing very well. AT&T is looking to sell its Warner Brothers gaming unit. This is one of those stories that is interesting for the potential what-if scenarios, but it looks like AT&T, which I didn't realize Warner Media was a division of AT&T until digging into the story, but anyway, it looks like AT&T is looking to sell off Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment, and according to CNBC, it's a sale that could potentially net about $4 billion for AT&T. Now, if it were to be sold, it doesn't mean all the properties Warner Brothers Interactive works on would be going with it. Things like Batman, Lord of the Rings, and Harry Potter would not be part of the sale as those properties are licensed to the development studios owned by Warner Brothers Interactive. But there are some properties that would come with the sale, the big one being Mortal Kombat. CNBC's Alex Sherman reported on the potential sale and wrote, AT&T is discussing a sale of its Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment Gaming Division in a deal that could fetch about $4 billion, according to people familiar with the matter. Take-Two Interactive Software, Electronic Arts, and Activision Blizzard have all expressed interest in buying the gaming division, said the people who asked not to be named because the discussions are private. No deal is assured or imminent, two of the people said. I think that among that group of interested buyers, Take-Two Interactive would be the most exciting. Electronic Arts is sadly known for buying studios and disbanding them over time. A studio being bought by EA has rarely led to a long, fruitful relationship, which is unfortunate. Activision Blizzard would be interesting, and I could see Activision being very excited about owning Mortal Kombat, but I think Take-Two would lead to the most interesting games. Take-Two lets its big franchises breathe a lot. Just look at Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption, and even the Borderlands series. And I think if it did acquire Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment and brought these super talented folks over at Rocksteady into the fold, the studio behind the Batman Arkham games, it would let Rocksteady do something original and interesting and probably give them the time they would need to do it. That's what I would like to see. It's definitely a transaction worth keeping an eye on. EA announces Star Wars Squadrons. Teased late last week, but revealed in full this morning with a trailer, Star Wars Squadrons is a flight game based in the Star Wars universe. The trailer is very snazzy and cool, but doesn't have anything in terms of gameplay. 
The trailer's YouTube description reads, Buckle up, take full control of starfighters such as the X-Wing and TIE Fighter, and feel the adrenaline of strategic first-person 5v5 multiplayer dogfights alongside your squadron. In a fateful campaign set near the conclusion of the Galactic Civil War, learn what it means to be a pilot in a thrilling Star Wars single-player story. The New Republic fights for freedom. The Empire demands order. We need you to join the galaxy's finest. The implication there is that you will be able to choose, or maybe over the course of the story, you'll be on either side, you know, fighting as the rebels, fighting as the Empire. But to me, the most exciting thing about that description is the single-player campaign stuff. I would love a Rogue Squadron-style single-player campaign where I got to pilot various Star Wars vehicles. It's been far too long since we've been able to do that. The game releases on October 2nd on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC, and it is also coming to PlayStation VR and PC VR platforms, which is exciting. I hope one of those platforms is Oculus Quest, but I am pessimistic about that. The game will also support crossplay, which is nice. No mention of PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X in the YouTube description, though. EA is promising to reveal more on June 18th during its EA Play streaming event. The Xbox Series X's UI will be the same as the Xbox One's. Senior editor at The Verge, Tom Warren, shared an interesting tweet recently that surprised me and further proves that Microsoft doesn't seem to be particularly interested in drawing a clear line between generations. Warren tweeted, I can confirm that the Xbox Series X dashboard will be the same as the Xbox One. Microsoft is adding some additional stuff in for the console features, but the UI and dash will be the same. Speed and performance will also be improved. It's a surprising detail, as one of the most exciting things about getting a new console up and running on that first day is seeing what the new UI and menus will look like. It sounds like starting up the Series X for the first time will feel a lot like just booting up your Xbox One, which is kind of a bummer. The benefit, though, is that I already know how to use the Series X's UI and menus. I won't have to learn a new system, which, I don't know, I guess that's cool. I wanted to do this on Friday, but the PlayStation 5 took up all my time, so I pushed it off for today. But I want to run down some of The Last of Us Part 2 reviews, which have really all been very positive. It currently has 89 reviews on Metacritic, and 48 of them gave the game a perfect score. I mentioned on Friday that my old boss, Andy McNamara, who actually doesn't do a ton of reviews these days, so I was surprised to see that, but he reviewed Last of Us Part 2 for Game Informer, gave it a 10 writing, there is so much to be said about this game that can't be said here due to spoilers, but you should play it as soon as you can with as little info as possible. But you don't need to know specifics to appreciate how the gameplay and environmental cues all play into a single purpose. They make you feel the choices, helplessness, and the violence at the heart of this world and its characters. I can safely say this is the best narrative game I have played. I felt the loss. I felt the confusion. It is a game that turned me inside out with each twist of the screw. Christopher Bird for the Washington Post's gaming-focused subsite Launcher wrote about the game, The Last of Us Part II is an astonishing achievement, 
a searing demonstration of how a video game can marry heart-stopping gameplay, gorgeous environmental storytelling, and anxiety-inducing moral complexity. Though it uses the tropes of the zombie apocalypse, it completely transcends the genre. The Last of Us Part Two is not a game about zombies. It's a meditation on loss. Not simply loss of life, but of community, family, and individual capabilities, and the effort it takes to muddle through maddening grief. IGN's Jonathan Dornbush gave the game a 10 and wrote, It delivers a layered, emotionally shattering story on top of stealth and action gameplay that improves the first game's mechanics while integrating a bit more of Uncharted's greater mobility and action. But while Part 2 is a thrilling adventure, it still makes time for a stunning nuanced exploration of the strength and fragility of the human spirit. The PlayStation 4 has one of its best exclusives in one of the generation's best games. Alex Avard gave the game a 5 out of 5 for Games Radar and wrote, Naughty Dog's PS4 Swan Song is an astonishing, absurdly ambitious epic that goes far and beyond what we could have imagined for a sequel to an all-time classic. Easy Allies' Michael Huber gave the game a 9.5 and wrote, The Last of Us 2 presents an absolutely crucial and challenging narrative about love and hate. Characters have convincing motivations that leave you thinking about more than what's in front of you. The places it takes you to are awe-inspiring to explore with unrivaled attention to detail, and although the combat is somewhat forgiving, it remains thrilling throughout much of the harrowing journey. The Last of Us Part Two leaves a deep emotional impact, and this unforgettable continuation should not be missed. Cat Bailey reviewed the game for US Gamer, gave it a 4.5 out of 5, and wrote, The Last of Us Part Two is an outstanding action game, a darker, more introspective follow-up, and seeks to challenge the conventions of big-budget action games. In this, it's not always successful, but its execution is impeccable, and its story proves an appropriate bookend to the story of Joel and Ellie. In short, it's some of Naughty Dog's best work. Callie Pleggy reviewed the game for GameSpot and gave the game an 8, which is obviously still a great score, but is comparatively low, and wrote, By the time I finished The Last of Us Part Two, I wasn't sure if I liked it. It's a hard game to stomach, in part because so much of who Ellie is and what she does is beyond your control. She is deeply complicated and flawed, and her selfishness hurts a lot of people. At times, the pain you inflict feels so senseless that it can leave you numb. It's all messy and bleak and made me profoundly sad for myriad reasons. But the more I reflect on it, the more I appreciate the story and characters at its core. I wanted almost none of it to happen the way it did. And that's what's both beautiful and devastating about it. All of those reviews are linked in the show notes. The Last of Us Part 2 releases on Friday for PlayStation 4. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? 
Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Here's what released today, or this weekend rather, and some things that now have release dates. Persona 4 Golden released this weekend on Steam. I guess you could say it's surprise released, but the leaks that it was coming beforehand were pretty substantial, so it kind of seemed inevitable at some point. But it's out now! It doesn't seem like it has any major enhancements over the Vita version, though one of the bullet points on its Steam page is that you can, quote, enjoy the game with variable frame rates, which I don't think is an option on the Vita. It's a turn-based RPG, so frame rate won't really affect gameplay in a dramatic way, but it will make it look sharper. I'm really excited to see the game on Steam, not so much because I want to play the game on PC, I think Vita is probably still the best way to go, just because I love portability, but I hope it means Atlas will be able to put mainline Persona games on other non-PlayStation platforms in the future, like the Nintendo Switch. Griftlands, the deck builder roguelite from Clay, the developer behind games like Don't Starve and Mark of the Ninja, released an early access on Steam this weekend. It was an early Epic Games Store exclusive last year and was generally well-liked, and it released on Steam this weekend in early access. Clay is known for its impressive 2D animation, and Griftlands, expectedly, looks great. And speaking of Clay, one of its previous games, Invisible Ink, a turn-based tactical stealth game, surprise, released on Switch in Europe this morning. It's not out in North America at the time of this writing, but it's probably on the way. Jump Force, the Shonen Jump fighting game mashup that features characters from Dragon Ball Z, My Hero Academia, Naruto, and a bunch more, is coming to Switch. We already knew that, but now we know it is coming on August 28th. The Switch version will include all the previously released DLC and an exclusive offline 3 vs 3 mode. This mode is designed for six local players, and quoting from the press release, each player controls a character on their team of three and will enter the fight when their character is tagged into the battle. I'm not the biggest Jump Force fan. I gave it a six for Game Informer, but I am very happy to see it coming to Switch. Chris Tales, a cool-looking 2D RPG heavily inspired by JRPGs of the past, also got a release date this weekend. It is coming November 17th to Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, and Stadia, and it is planned for Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 releases as well. The next Dark Pictures anthology game, Little Hope, has been delayed. It is now releasing in fall. Pete Samuels, the CEO of developer Supermassive, cited COVID-19 issues as the main reason for the delay. That's it for gaming news today. For me, this weekend was all about The Last of Us Part Two, which is a very, very good video game, but also a very, very intense one. I also replaced the Storm Door on the front of my house, which is not a video game, but it was a major time-consuming part of my weekend, so I feel like I should acknowledge it. I'm probably about halfway through The Last of Us Part Two, and I'm really enjoying it, even though I have 
already shed a few tears and feel like I need to exhale after every major encounter. It's all I want to play right now. That being said, I I did randomly also play a few minutes of Clubhouse Games 51 Worldwide Classics, and it's cool. I kind of expected you to just boot up the game, and there would be a big list of games that you could choose what to play, but there's actually some charming setup where you pick a little customizable avatar figure and you place it on a world map. I, I placed mine in Minnesota where I live. It gives you a few games to choose from, and when you go through their tutorials, it kind of gives you some historical background on the game you're playing, which is nice. I played some Mancala, a game I used to play with my kid a lot, and learned about some rules I was previously unaware of. It is just a neat little experience that is more in-depth than I expected. I wanted to mention quickly because at Theta11 on Twitter tweeted at me about the itch.io bundle that has, I think it's up to like 1,500 games at this point now. At Theta11 said, I think it's worth mentioning that itch has hit 120% of their goal and just giving another spotlight to it, which I agree. It's incredible what that bundle has done. It's blowing up the internet, which is fantastic and exciting, and I'm super happy for them. If you have corrections or just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets or DMs to either at Kyle M. Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home, or you can send an email to kyle at ridehome.info, and please consider leaving a review for the podcast where you listen to it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator, where I am playing through Resident Evil Code Veronica X right now, and you can find me on the MinMax Show for more long-form video game discussion. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.